Hello and welcome to episode number 276 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We're back with our last big cinema horror release of 2021. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's been like a long time getting here. It's been really awesome. Um, you know, especially the second half of the year. Um, it, it definitely has felt more normal um on a movie going front. And we've seen a lot of really great movies at the cinema this year. And this was one, it's nice that it wasn't just like a random one. Mm. Um that was like, oh yeah, I guess we'll see it because it's a cinema horror. You know, there's a few of those this year. Whereas this was like we were always gonna see a big Resident Evil movie. Although I think last year, was it not, oh, let's go see this random horror movie that's shown at the cinema and it turned out to be St. Maud? That is correct. Um, yeah, still <laughs> one of the best movies that we've covered. So, of course, but, you never know. But you're um, right. It's nice. You know, um, obviously, we're not looking back on 2021 just now. But, no. but the fact that this is our last cinema horror, it, it, I, I'm blown away that we got what we got from 2021 because mm. i just wouldn't have believed it at the start you know no all the delays and everything else we we pretty much got it all man yeah i mean you look at like i mean obviously yeah we're going to do more of this in a couple of weeks but those first three months of the year it was literally just 2020 part two you know yeah. the sequel that no one wanted <clears throat> and yeah. then once cinemas opened up in may you know again only talking about movies it really was just all positive from that point on um and like I say outside of horror the fact that there's still a spider-man movie and a matrix movie like just around the corner is ridiculous to me um mm. i mean yeah talking about resident evil talking about spider-man talking about matrix these are like some of my all-time favorite franchises across all media um yeah, so crazy. it's a, it's a crazy good time um but yeah going straight into the news of course before we get into welcome to raccoon city um and yeah, the first news item is also about something which we're going to be talking about later on after our film discussion. And it's pretty much the only news I wanted to see. Um, right. We've been wanting to see it for the past few weeks. It was the one that I was said at, at a certain point, Chucky season two is going to be in the news and it's either going to be the best news ever to report on or the worst. <laughs> and my God, I'm so thankful that it is the best news um, because, yeah, head of the kind of season one finale, um, which which has, of course, aired and we will be talking about later. Um, we got the announcement. Season two is coming next year, um, mm -hmm. which first and foremost is incredible. I love so that incredible. they did it before the finale because I could really enjoy it. Um mm -hmm. You know, it did almost happen similarly with Ash versus Evil Dead. Obviously, it was a disappointment because we knew it wasn't coming back. But again, I'm glad that they did make that decision when they did because there wasn't that hangover. Like, I really got to enjoy that season three finale um, or at yeah. least, you know, series finale as it now was. Um, so, yeah, this was the news we all wanted. Um, it's been a real success, kind of. It's simulcast in the United States, so it's on USA Network and Sci-Fi, which I don't know many shows that do that. Obviously, I'm not no, massively you know, familiar with these US networks, um, but it's great because it obviously gets more viewers. Um, in the press release, NBC said that the series has reached 9.5 million viewers across the season, um, which is good. Um, 
there is a, a quote here from the, from the main man himself, Don Mancini, who says, uh, we're thrilled to start pulling the strings on a second season of Puppet Mayhem with Chucky. Many thanks to our partners at USA, Sci-Fi and UCP for their incredible support and guidance bringing Chucky to the small screen bigger than ever. And to the fans, Chucky sends his still undying thanks and a message. This isn't over, not by a long shot. You better watch your backs in 2022. <laughs> um, which is just utterly brilliant, isn't it? Like this is... Isn't Amazing. I mean, you know, the man, the, <laughs> the man is on par with William Shakespeare and his writing skills. Someone once <laughs> said that. I don't remember who. Um, might have been Chucky. Um, but yeah, it, it's great. Like, I think, um, you know, we're all, we'll obviously go into it when we talk about the finale. But it's just, um, it. I, I think, you know, with certain IP, you know, we've had a lot of horror turn to TV. Mm. And I kind of remember, like, maybe two or three years ago, being quite negative about it, thinking, um, you know, oh, everything's just got a TV show now, and it's just unnecessary and not needed. And, it, and you know, um, even watching, like, Day of the Dead, which I'm enjoying, mm. like, it's like, well, this this doesn't really need to be called Day of the Dead and, and you know, whatever, but it's, again, it's not an IP I'm attached to. But then there are these certain things, you know, Bates Motel was mm. just an incredible way of storytelling for that subject. And, and, you know, pro- probably one of the few horror things that's on a level that's, you know, on its own, but then, you know, Ash versus evil dead, you know, and that's what we've said before that with, with that, we've now got hours and hours of more content of this, this, this franchise that we all love with the cast that we love, you know, if, if, Bruce Campbell wasn't in Ash versus Evil Dead. That show would have, well, I mean, I mean, it's obviously in the name, but do you know what I mean? Like it's, mm. it was so key to get the right people on board for it. And then obviously with the Chucky TV show, um, you know, Don still being the visionary behind this franchise, it being a true continuation when we get further into the season of um, Cult and Curse of Chucky and the way that they, it bled that into it it's just incredible and and now to think that we're gonna have hours and hours of more of, of the continuation of this franchise is is incredibly exciting for me it it, it can't really get much better no it really can't and it, re- it like you say it really is the dream situation when you love these franchises and mm. it transfers to tv there's always that worry about budgets and and whether it whether it'll even work as a t- weekly tv show compared to like a 90 minute film but i think ultimately when it does work like ash vs evil dead you then get way more of the thing that you love because mm. you know it's just a way more of a runtime which is great news so i love everything about this the final kind of update as well just to throw this in here and this is another great piece of news is so all of of the episodes um are streaming on peacock in the united states right now mm-hmm. um and of course we were mentioning a few weeks back about kind of the uk people that we didn't want to forget about um and i said that it was coming to sky um so it aired last friday on sky max and it was the first two episodes and that is basically the time slot going forward as it's friday nights on sky max but if you go on to like the on demand on sky 
on your actual you know box or on the on the app or anything you can just straight up download and watch the entire season right now um so it's the same as in peacock in the united states all eight episodes are streaming currently on sky in the uk um which is incredible like the fact that it's yeah, just wow. up to the finale as well so like if you were waiting in the uk people um this is the perfect time and obviously if you're in the states and you missed it when it aired you can also catch it up so they have nailed everything about this um we talk a lot mm-hmm. about distribution and how much of a mess it is and i really want to commend them uh for this because i do think they have made this very easy for people to watch wherever you are in the world and that's always a bonus um so yeah nothing but awesomeness about this story like <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about chucky obviously more later but it's incredible um next mm-hmm. up this is a, a little fun wild one i have no idea what the hell this is going to be um but it's a fun thing to talk about in a new segment um it's regarding an actor who we very much enjoyed this year um the one and only nick cage and he's got a pretty interesting project where he will be playing none other than count dracula um in an upcoming movie um so the movie i believe it's called renfield um who is again i don't know too much about dracula so i could be getting some of the information wrong um but he's apparently one of dracula's henchmen and um so that is like the lead character and that will be played by nicholas holt in the movie um and then nick cage is in the movie playing count dracula presumably in some sort of supporting role um and yeah kind of the hollywood reporter says plot details are being kept in the coffin nice pun uh but the the project is described as a modern day adventure story that is comedic in tone um i think that's very interesting that they put that in there because it kind of gives you a a sense of the 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 type of nick cage performance you're going to get from this um and yeah there's a little bit more that says kind of in the original dracula novel renfield was an inmate at the lunatic asylum who was thought to be suffering from delusions uh, but he's actually a servant of Dracula. Plot details are currently unknown that is believed to take place during the present day and is not a period piece. Um, so, yeah, thoughts on Nick Cage playing Count Dracula? <laughs> I think it's great. Like, yeah. just look at his little face. Like, him playing, like, a, a comedic but also badass Dracula. Mm. Like, the, the recent movies we've seen him in, in the genre, like, this could work so well um i've i've completely done a 180 on nick cage in recent times where like if you'd have said this new story to me probably a year ago i would have been like oh god damn nick cage man i I don't know whether i can handle it but Mm. i've really you know i've I've really grown to embrace what he's doing right now and and yeah i'm I'm on board yeah i'm totally down for this this is one that i really cannot wait to see the trailer for when it when it arrives um Mm. and just see like what the hell get the tone you know the sense of tone and the sense of how gothic it's going to be and and how you know how it's going to feel in this traditional dracula world but with a nick cage spin on it it's it's going to be interesting for sure like when i was thinking about it i was like oh i think i prefer nick cage more serious in tone than comedic and then i was like well actually in in my opinion he's one of the most self-aware actors there is and i think his genius comes from playing things serious but he's in on the joke um Mm -hmm. 
And when I think about that now, I'm like, oh, no, that's actually perfect for this movie where he will, like, say he'll be playing Count Dracula seriously, but you'll know that the movie is ridiculous. Um, And he'll know that, of course, because he's such a talented actor. So, yeah, totally down for this. Like, hopefully this is next year because I'm I'm really down for this movie. It sounds very unique as well. Like, it sounds like something that we haven't really seen too much of. Um, Hope this is like a big budget cinema release for sure. uh, next up these next two are, are kind of smaller updates this next one's a very small update but i just want to put this in here because we're both big fans of this guy um and this is like a small update from a new story from i think it was 2018 that we talked about this um so peter jackson obviously you know living legend kind of made his name with these kind of low budget horror films and mm-hmm. he said back in 2018 that he wanted to do 4k restorations for them um, oh yeah i remember he, yeah he's, Man's he's a bit... psycho as well he will that's what i think that's what we concluded at the time <laughs> yeah um, he said at the time, uh, I've done some tests on Brain Dead, where we took the 16mm negative and put it through our restoration pipeline, and shit, it looks fantastic. I'm pretty keen to actually get them back out there, that's Peter, sort of my plan. Fun. Fun, <laughs> um, <laughs> do a nice little box set, the early years. Um, so that's basically what he said at the time, and then recently he's been out uh, promoting his Beatles documentary that just arrived on Disney+, Plus um, because this is one of these also, he's a guy that just never sleeps, and mm. um, someone asked him about it, I think which i love first of all and to get this update and he uh, said the following uh, we are doing a remastering and a whole digital 4K thing, and it looks great. Uh, we've been trying to do all that in between the Beatles stuff, and that's been put on the shelf for a while. But hopefully within another year or so, they'll come out remastered. So, again, there's not too much here, but I like that he's still talking about it. And I like that he was like, no, nah, you know, I was busy on this other project, but I'm still going to get to that. Um, but yeah, I love yeah. how he could just give this off to someone, but he's clearly choosing yeah. not to. <laughs> exactly. That's the best bit, that he's so much of a psycho that, A, it's probably done to a level that we would be happy with yeah but he wants to put it to this next level you know when i think of my 4k collection currently the lord of the rings set is is on on a level above everything else because it's it's almost like he remade the goddamn movies again (laughs) and he didn't just do like the three movies he did the six movies well no he did 12 movies because he did yeah the, the goddamn hobbit lord of the rings basic and extended and and like all of it has got a level of care and detail into it that just shouldn't exist um and i'm i'm buzzed that it does and it's the same with this like i can only imagine like the level of he will probably like record a brand new soundtrack for it all and you know all manner of crazy stuff re you know up upgrade visual effects and just all manner of stuff whereas you know just you know i'm sure it's not as simple as just chucking it through the <laughs> save as 4k file conversion mm. but it, it seems like he has done that in 2018 and already had good results it's like how, what, what more do you need mate but i really respect it and i can't wait to see when he's happy for it to go to market it's gonna look incredible oh yeah for sure and i think for me this is really exciting because so the, the four movies that they kind of mentioned in the article mm. and obviously none of this is like confirmed but they mention dead alive bad taste meet the feebles and heavenly creatures mm. and off the top of my head i feel like i've only seen bad taste out of those four films um and even bad taste i can barely remember um well, and, and dead alive how have I seen? Is that? Yeah, I always get them confused. Um, so that the Dead Alive is Brain Dead, isn't it? That's yeah, the that's same brain movie. Dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Brain Dead. Yeah, um, Brain Dead's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite that's, one. That's the one I want more than anything. Is that the one with like the, the bats at the start that bite the person? Yeah, and then you have like the family yeah. in the attic. 
that are slowly turning yeah, evil. Is that that one? Yeah, it's not his family, but he's just basically slow. It's, it's his mum, isn't it? And then just right, yeah. that she slowly infects that become like this. Oh man, I love that film. I need to watch that again. Like a baby, and yeah, and then he has like the lawnmower scene at the end yeah. in his house, and it's just God. Like, I really want this. I hope this yeah, is next year. Exactly. This is fantastic. I, I, like that movie is one of like the all time like you know just just crazy splatterfest movies and mm. um so to have a restoration of that alone is enough for me yeah. um and yeah the fact that yeah i've seen bad taste but but like a million years ago and then i haven't seen the other two so to get those four like they they they're all the movies that i've always kind of had in my mind that I'd like to to see, and and it's kind of like, oh, that there's a awesome 4K version, like that's going to get the works, it's going to get the Peter Jackson treatment. I'm like, I was holding out for the Arrow treatment. I yeah. didn't realize we were going to get the <laughs> Peter Jackson treatment. Like that's a that's a whole new level. level. So yeah, yeah I, I would I, can't wait. I would pay a pretty a pretty penny for this box set that's yeah, for sure um and then lastly this is just a small update basically about uh texas chainsaw massacre um yeah. i believe that is the official title um yeah they made another one um we've talked about it in the news we talked about it in the news a lot last couple of years where the original director dropped out after like a week of shooting they basically threw all that shit out and restarted it yeah they made another one <laughs> yeah they really did um you know we we've discussed or we've covered a a one of these movies um leatherface i believe it was one. yeah i think it was leatherface back in 2017 right um which was obviously the last one uh which was dreadful as mm. are most of the movies in this franchise sadly and um yeah basically there was a small teaser a minute teaser and we have a release date um you know i guess the most interesting part is that this is coming to netflix um so it's kind of a netflix original is texas chainsaw massacre which is a pretty bizarre thought um and especially when you think about how underground that first movie is and now we're in a world where it's it's on netflix it's kind of i don't know something about that's very jarring to me um but yeah Yeah, you know we've spoken about how the original movie how we got to you know watch that for the first time uh you know not uh years and years and years after its release and how it was banned in the uk for so many years and now suddenly it's like yeah just just whack it on netflix i'm gonna have to be like careful when when my son is on netflix not to not to click on texas chainsaw massacre now yeah exactly it's It's on the easiest most mainstream streaming (laughs) platform there is like it's that is what's so mind-blowing to me but um yeah this is coming out february 18th so again like we're getting a lot of big movies or not not that this is Mm. obviously a massive movie but like a lot of big horror movies coming out for the start of the year which is pretty cool um it's a weird one because you know texas chainsaw massacre you know it's a massive ip in the horror genre mm. and you know it if if there's a good one i mean the, the fact that it's still a massive horror ip in the genre and there's just been terrible ones for for so long uh you imagine what this john what this um franchise would be if it's a good one on yeah. netflix <laughs> oh yeah i mean it would completely reinvent the entire thing really wouldn't it because mm. like i say leatherface has somehow still stayed like a household icon and certainly a horror icon um regardless of how many you know piles of shit they put out with him in it um and yeah i just i, I it's such a weird i've as a franchise i find it so bizarre because i think about that first movie and i almost feel like i, I mean i 
I know it's a weird thing to say, but it was so unique at the time. The the idea of ever making another one of those feels wrong. Um, because to me, the most powerful thing about that movie is you can't compare it to like other classics because a lot of other classics are incredibly well made and, and like hold up. Whereas to me, the most the magical part of that movie is that every time I watch it, I feel like I'm watching a snuff movie. Yeah, I was gonna, that's like, exactly what I was going to say. That, that's what it feels like to this day. Yeah, it's bizarre. It and it's so unique. There really isn't any other classics movie. like that, is there? You know, I'd say the only thing that it's akin to is Last House on the Left. Yeah, you know, uh, where you do you do feel like you have to have a shower after you've watched it. Um, yeah, those early Craven ones definitely evoke that for sure. Yeah, and and I think you know this has a very you know it it has yeah it, it it really is that sort of thing that should have just been this this nasty from from the seventies that stayed there. Um, but but I also do feel like the bar is quite low, and the 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 you know. To, to make me happy will just be let Leatherface be a badass and let him just, you know, go, go crazy and kill a lot of people. And like, I, I'd be, you know, that, that would, would satisfy me. They tried, that with, I mean? Hall- they tried that with Halloween. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and that's the thing. Yeah. But, but again, like, just don't, don't put a load of other shit in there. Don't try to find, <laughs> don't try to find a cast member from the original movie and bring them back into it with a crap new actor. You know, don't be like, Oh, you know that, whatever the girl's name is that gets on the truck at the end. Uh, she's, she's still well, alive. You know she's that's going to be the case. hundred percent. Like, yeah. And it's like, just don't do that. Like, nah, they'll just, definitely do that. They definitely are. Now Cause they've already talked about, about this. This is a direct sequel to the original movie, but it is set years later. So that's a hundred percent going to be the, the, the plot I would imagine. Um, yeah. yeah, it's weird. I, I agree with you. And it's interesting you say about like the bar couldn't be lower and why that should be a good thing. Because you think about that with so many, franchises i mean Mm. like saw right now the bar is so low so it's like to come in and just make a good one feels like it would be easy i mean look at hellraiser like the bar has been so low for so long and then even the movie that we're about to discuss like the bar for resident evil movies has been so low for the recent years as well but i think with with stuff like hellraiser and saw there's still like a, a plot that you have to achieve do you know what I mean? But whereas, like, for a Halloween, Halloween's the one where, like, how they shat the bed so badly when really you just need Michael killing things and then just don't offend me when he's not killing things, basically. <laughs> and it's just like they offended me so bad when he was killing things that I couldn't get over it when he wasn't killing things. Yeah, let's not, let's not talk about Halloween but, kills but anymore. You know what I mean? Like, that is easier. Whereas with Hellraiser, you can't just have Pinhead wandering around like we've seen that in Hellraiser three. Yeah, like we can't have him just in real world running around murdering people. Like there needs to be a craft, is what I'm probably getting at. Whereas I just don't think there needs to be with these. They well, they can be very dumb. For me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre which needs to somehow try and evoke what that original movie done. And for me, the modern day equivalent is the VHS franchise. I I get some of that. It's obviously not the same energy. It's obviously a lot more modern, but there is some of those segments across the VHS movies that do feel like you're watching something that you shouldn't. And that's how I think I should feel watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I want to feel like I'm watching I something like I shouldn't. Um, whereas so seeing... So yeah. Long, oh yeah, and seeing that Netflix logo, it's like, my yeah. God, that's jarring. <laughs> I was going to say, especially Netflix presents a snuff movie. Like, that's not mm. happening. Right. No. So I've already, like, drawn a line under under that, that it's not going to be this gritty, dark thing. But we'll see. 
we will we will see early next year um Ooh. But yeah, that was the news. And then, yeah, very briefly before we discuss the movie, I wanted to put the call out there because we haven't actually done it yet. And we're very fast approaching uh, our end of year special. Um, and of course, if long term listeners will know, but if you are newer, if this is your first kind of year listening to this podcast, basically, we do our best of 2020 special, uh, 2021 special will be our final show before we kind of head off for the holidays for, for a few weeks and then come back in early mm-hmm. January. Um, and obviously, we'll be going over our top 10 movies. We'll be giving out individual awards but we'd love to hear from the listeners um in recent years we've had all sorts of different lists obviously if you're a crazy person like us and watch a lot of movies and want to rank them that's awesome if you don't watch as many horror movies and you want to just say like here's the three or four that i really like the most or here's the one movie that i love the most you know we've had in recent years like book recommendations which i always appreciate because it's something mm-hmm. that we have nowhere near the level of expertise as we do like film um and yeah, so i love we've to had just a hear. banger year for tv shows as well Definitely. so you know um, we will definitely be talking a lot of TV in the year ender, but but listeners are welcome to as well. Yeah, so the whole thing is basically just a celebration of the entire year in horror, and any way you guys can be a part of that, we love. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously the the links are in the in the podcast description for our Twitter for our email address. Just get in touch. Obviously, like I say, this is coming a bit fast, so I I can't imagine we're gonna have as much correspondence as usual because I really haven't given out as much time um no year end has just just kind of happened you know we've yeah. we've had so much cinema and it hasn't stopped yeah but we haven't really had time we've literally just went to ourselves we need to get we need to get year end done <laughs> like, yeah, we exactly <laughs> you know, it's, it's suddenly come out of nowhere but yeah definitely i think um we we have like you say we've got the twitter if you want to do a shorter format email uh we can even revive the skype if if people want to do a video uh call in uh, we still got, have you still got that login yeah we've still got access to it which <laughs> is um if you search super horror bros on skype you should be able to just audio call us and it will go straight to voicemail um and i believe we found out that that has a was it a two minute limit something like that yeah something like that but if you try to keep it to 90 seconds you'll be safe yeah um and, and I, I will endeavor to check it before uh, before year end Yes. So, uh, yeah, like I say, probably about a week, I would say, from this. Uh, like by the time. So next week, we're going to be doing a, a Wes Craven as a kind of final buffer leading into the best of. So by the time mm. that episode airs, that's probably like you're probably too late. So, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. This week, yeah. if you're listening to this show. Um, but, yeah, that is enough talk. Shall we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. So yeah, this is a uh, a very very interesting movie to talk about. Um, Man, just I'm on, <laughs> I'm on the Wikipedia, and it's interesting that in the first line they describe this as the seventh live action Resident Evil film. <laughs> because I already feel like I'm like that's such a disservice to what this is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's just pretend they don't it, exist. Especially when it's like I don't know the fourteenth feature length Resident yeah. Evil thing that's come out. Like I've I've brought Resident Evil Degeneration and watch it and Regeneration <laughs> and X Generation and whatever generation they've brought out. Like I've done them all and it's it's been pretty disgusting. Um, but but will I ever stop with Resident Evil? No. 
Um, and I guess I guess that's probably where we need to give a little. I mean, it's going to have to be a bit brief because <laughs> otherwise we could talk for four hours about it. But Resident Evil is a franchise that if people haven't heard us talk about it before, you know, it has come up on the show in a very regular time. I mean, we, we've this year had a banger of a Resident mm. Evil game that we've spoken about. Um, but the Resident Evil franchise is certainly a, a, a franchise, not necessarily a movie franchise, but certainly a, a horror IP franchise that is very near and dear for us both. Um, you, you know, the for me going into it, like the video games are seminal video games for me. They, they the the original trilogy are probably the video games that made me realize that I will be playing video games into adulthood. Mm. Um, they made me realize that video games aren't just Mario and, and Crash Bandicoot and, and that sort of thing. And, yeah, they were the first of... non-Nintendo games that really had a massive effect on us, weren't they? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think a lot of people might look these days to the Grand Theft Auto games that maybe did that for them. But, but that and August was... Solid, it's all around that yeah. same era, like the, yeah. the PS1 but, era. Yeah, for me, it was it was unequivocally Resident Evil. And, and um, yeah, that those those games are incredibly special to me but then the franchise has just continued to be um a thing that i'm obsessed with in the good times and the bad and we've certainly had the bad you know i think we had kind of in the height of the video games being at their lowest um we also had the the movies being at their lowest as well but Mm. but that's it's not always been the case you know the video games have been more at this point, I'm glad that they've become, they've been more incredible than they've been poor. Yeah. Um, and in particular, in recent years, we have been incredibly spoiled with kind of, you know, um, was it Resident Evil um, uh, 7 and 8? And the, the 2 and 3 remakes have both been, you know, uh, 3 remake is definitely not on par with the others, but they've, no. you know, they, they've still all been, you know, of a level and in, in particular the two remake and and seven and eight have just been like on a different level yeah those um, three are all yeah. you could make an argument it's the best resident evil in my opinion and i think that's what's yeah. so great about this franchise it's had so many highs it's reinvented itself uh <laughs> more times than i can remember you know it has mm. literally come back from the dead um which was resident evil 6 and i'm so happy that Resident Evil is is in a healthy, great place right now. And I also love it as a franchise because, you know, we both adore Resident Evil, but we we differ quite a lot in terms of, I guess, our personal rankings of the games, I would say. Um, and, And that's another thing I love about it is that, Resident Evil serves a lot of different people, a lot of different things. Resident uh, Evil can mean, a, yeah, a lot of different things to a lot of different, you know, for, for, to, to different people. And I think, you know, when you look at the the breadth of video games that have been out there, that it, it's wild. Um, and I think as well, like just briefly on the movie franchise, like I, I love that franchise for for a spell. Um, I love the first you know, movie. I wouldn't say I remotely love any of the sequels. I, I think it's one of them where, like, I love the first movie. I don't know if I remember being, like, at that time, being more hyped for a movie than I was that first Resident Evil movie. Mm. You know, I, I have incredibly vivid memories of the trailer, the music video, and all of that stuff. Um, and And, you know, I think... That's Some one of, of other... can I just say as well, the first Resident Evil is, it might be the first horror movie I saw at the cinema. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what predated that because that was 2002. 
mm. um which I I'm not going to date myself, but I was way too young to see that, yeah. and I definitely did not follow the age recommendation <laughs> of yeah. said film, um, yeah. which is crazy. And I had an amazing time. I, I can like that's the best part. I can still remember seeing Resident Evil on the big yeah. screen. Like yeah. I still remember us being in the car afterwards and our emotions, and we were. Mm giddy with excitement because we were like we just saw our favorite video game franchise on the big screen slipknot was in it that was 10 out of 10 we loved it (laughs) i think as well though like going into this now is that like um i mean unless uh, i mean do you want to add anything to the resident evil as a franchise or that's pretty much it we adore this Um, i think the only other thing i would say is and we talk a lot about formulative movies for this podcast when you talk about video games it's resident evil like it's the one we've always loved it like you say there's a lot of people that come to it in different stages and i'll always respect it if you came in at, at four or if you came in at seven or even village i i hope gained so many new fans just from village alone because it deserves it but like i remember us playing the original game on the playstation one and yeah. it was a wild wild experience even just like them being like there's a director's cut yeah What's director's cut and like buying director's cut just to get like extra blood <laughs> yeah and trying to get like the demo discs on the magazines for like yeah. the new games where it's like oh my god there's yeah. a demo for resident evil 3 and stuff like that was crazy resident evil 3 one that, that like sticks mm. out for me because i was obsessed with it uh, yeah like and, and it's it easily my favorite of the trilogy that video game magazine obsession where i, mm. I collected magazines and, and like created like a collage of all the information i knew about it and oh my god like I say, we we could fill and we have done hours yeah. of podcast about this franchise, but um, it does yeah, have to I be said though, because like I say, we are we are hardcore fans. Yeah, we we are, and and I think you know that will lead into our thoughts on this movie, and that's why it's important yeah. that we we are not we we are not um, unbiased in this. No, <laughs> um, because I think one of the things that we, even as much as I love the original movie, um, I've always had in the back of my mind, I want the video game just made as a movie mm. you know it, it's a cool movie that can be made and you know so like getting the trailer for this and kind of seeing that that, that yeah this is the 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 telling of effectively well almost multiple video games but certainly resident evil one and two this is this is the 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 telling of that in a movie um it, this movie is set in 1998 it's not even like a modern day retelling of it this is mm. effectively this is the raccoon city outbreak this is resident evil one and two condensed into a movie um <clears throat> so we, better or worse <laughs> well i mean so obviously so we get all of the characters we we get kind of claire and chris redfield jill valentine wesker leon we get kind of, you know, Birkin and, and even people like Chief Irons is, is mm. in this movie quite a bit. Um, we get we get kind of Sherry Birkin, you know, we get all of these names are either going to be people <laughs> that are, someone's listening to this nodding or someone's listening to this thinking, Jesus Christ, you've got a lot of names from this movie when normally you can't even remember the, the lead character's name. There's um, people that have seen this movie that will have no idea who Brad Vickers is. But correct. if you're a fan of the video game franchise, so you will know who Brad Vickers is. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, and so this movie has all of that. But it doesn't... What 
what I've always wanted is a movie that I wouldn't enjoy, which is basically <laughs> just the video game, the, the, the video game being retold shot by shot, mm. scene by scene. And this movie isn't that at all. This movie takes a hell of a lot of liberties. You know, is is Wesker the Wesker from the games? No. Is is any character the character from the game? I think I think kind of um No one's one for one, but there's definitely yeah, some that lean more into know, it and Claire some that they really is, deviate. You know, maybe Claire and Chris are the two that are probably closest, maybe. Chris is pretty um, much on because Chris, especially in Resident Evil One, is just the muscle bound hero. Yeah, that's all yeah, he I is think, as a character. I think Chris is that's all he's pretty much ever been. <laughs> yeah. I mean he does he definitely does um, more in village, but that's when you're getting way past yeah, the Chris narrative yeah. at that but, point. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this movie, instead of um, being true to the games, it, it does change a lot, but it still feels like a homage to it. And I think what where it does that is that this movie is littered with Easter eggs. It's just like, I think from minute one to, to the final scene that I was sniggering multiple times, just, just the fact that like collectibles from the video games that are plushies uh, <laughs> are in the background of like the opening scene you know we we have kind of um you know the 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 stuff from the trailer that we're spoken about which is shot for shot like the 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 mansion kind of corridor like the way that that's introduced to the movie feels special the police station feels special when claire gets the lift into raccoon city with the with the lorry driver and we see what happens to him that you know, feels genuine and, and feels like Resident Evil 2. Um, so Can so I just things... say while we're talking about the truck sequence, I cannot believe that they got the greasy burger in there. That that yeah. was one of the biggest pops for me of this movie, where I was like, yeah. the fact that, because that, if you've played Resident Evil 2 Remake, everyone is like, look at the detail on that burger. That's all you can look at in that sequence. <laughs> and the fact that they actually captured that in the movie well, is mind-blowing. The fact that they wanted they clearly wanted to get a pop from people that noticed the level of detail of something of a burger in the resident evil 2 remake <laughs> and they clearly did that because they wanted us to pop for that exact reason yeah. that's the level of care that's gone into this movie for, oh, for the franchise it's so um, good but yeah and but but the other thing is is that i think this is this is an enjoyable movie for people that don't know anything about resident evil it's just a fun zombie outbreak movie it's kind of batshit crazy and would be maybe difficult to follow but i still think you'd have a good time mm. because it's just kind of it 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 has a pretty you know pretty gnarly pace to it i think kind of the the claire and chris stuff the fact that they had to kind of get them on screen together in chris's house is probably the slowest part of the movie um but then after that it really does get going and um you know, it, it, it's a pretty fun ride for out for 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 non Resident Evil fans. I'm I'm saying here, mm. um, and then yeah, for a Resident Evil fan, it pretty much delivered. Like, I think it's weird. I think if this movie had come out 15 years ago, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> um, did I lose my mind watching this movie in 2021? Um, I I didn't lose my mind, but I still had a hell of a time, and I think that's almost where I'm like. I, I walk out of it with some disappointment where I'm like, oh, I just wish that like 
15 year old me could have seen this movie when, yeah. they, when they were 15 instead of just like haggard old me now that's just like <laughs> you know <laughs> been grinded down over the years and i think, and I think that's like, cast for five years yeah I, I, that is almost my biggest disappointment that i'm like i wish younger me could have experienced this <laughs> you, you get it though you're like I you're just, like i want to feel I... like a kid again and just watch ghostbusters every week correct <laughs> correct you know, and, um, you know, I think this movie as as a super fan, I, I can't really talk about it anymore as a casual fan than what I've just done because I'm no, there's not no a point fan. because yeah, it's not us. Um, but like as a super fan, I think it delivers on so many levels. It definitely does disappoint on some levels. I think, you know, I think Wesker for me was one of the biggest things where Interesting. Um, it, he, he didn't deliver for me as much where I, I, I I didn't. I didn't really jive with him. I think Leon as well is a, is a character that he's such a bitch in this movie. Mm. <laughs> he's such like uh, just uh, for the jokes and and you know comedic relief and useless um, to the point that like when he's in the final act, he's like, "Yeah, I'm surprised as you that I'm still alive." Yeah, and, like as a character, if that wasn't Leon, I'd kind of like I'd almost wish that was like Brad. And then yeah. like thrown a thrown a role reversal that Brad is somehow just still alive and not dying because he never felt like Leon to me. Um, Leon is really interesting for me because I feel like he's the biggest talking point from this movie in terms of the characters yeah. because I think he's going to divide audiences in terms of what they expect from Leon Kennedy as a character, and I think it's mm. really difficult looking at it in 2021 because he has been in so many different games and played so many different roles that it's very hard to think about just resident evil 2 leon and Mm. i'm kind of torn where i get the frustrations people have because they definitely lean into it and it's like the movie needed um a comedy character because you have about five characters that are just stone-faced badasses that's their only (laughs) character quirk that's that's chris Chris, Chris, jill they're all the same um and even claire to some extent they actually toughen her up compared to like Mm. the video game claire so they really needed someone to not be that and leon is definitely the closest to not being that it's certainly resident evil 2 leon you know he is supposed to be a rookie cop but like i think through the Mm. course of resident evil 2 he does become himself um and i think by the end of the game he is a more stronger character whereas you don't really have that arc with this leon no resident evil 2 is what made leon leon like yeah could have easily been leon in this movie if resident evil 2 hadn't happened to him but it Mm. did and and it brought out that side of him and we never got that side of leon and so you know like i say i i don't you know i i don't dislike leon because i i i enjoyed this leon it's just not the leon i wanted do you know what i mean yeah like but it was still it was still fine but yeah i would have almost tipped my hat more if they had a curveball or Brad Vickers or something as, as, as that character and just been like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do disagree slightly on the Wesker point, but I, I think we might have to wait until we throw up a spoiler because I want to really get into who Wesker is as a character. Mm. Um, and I guess that's, you know, it's, it's this is a weird one for us to talk about because we're talking about a story that we've known for over 20 years. <laughs> but in terms of a movie, yeah, there are certain character reveals that are literally spoilers in any other typical movie. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need to put a pin in it because one thing I would say is that I, by the end of the Wesker journey, I liked him more. 
Mm. But certainly for the most of this movie, when we see Wesker, he really just didn't feel like it, feel like him. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in him. Um, but yeah, I think like when we look at Chris, I think Chris is amazing. I think Claire's amazing. I love Jill. Um, I loved all of them. I, I think my hardest pop was for Jill Sandwich. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Well, the, the thing about that reference is it's to me it genuinely felt natural in that conversation mm-hmm. and so yep. i think if you're just watching this movie it was just a fun quippy back and forth between oh, jill yeah. and wesker I, I that would, i really liked i would love to be sat in the cinema next to someone that's never seen anything resident evil yeah and just like them being like oh that's a normal conversation and me just like rolling off my chair because they've just said jill sandwich yeah. like, it's, i'm like it's, ah, they said jill sandwich in a movie <laughs> i can't believe it and if you try and yeah. explain that to someone they'll think you're an absolute <laughs> psychopath Whereas, yeah, like that is the a reference that works, and then you get something like the itchy tasty, which again is is awesome to see that they would even want to reference that in the movie. But I do feel like it was a little bit over the top having it written in blood and and showing it like in reverse, and then the reverse of that to reveal it. I was kind of like. I, I don't know that that one was probably my least favorite of all of the little references i like it when it's not as blaring and i think that one got in the way a bit because if you don't know what itchy tasty is you'd be like what is this person even trying to get across here <laughs> it's, it's, it's goddamn hilarious though because greasy burger jill sandwich and itchy tasty are some of like the deepest things you could do <laughs> yeah and like the fact that they do them and, and go that hard on it i do think as well though like when when we got like the um you know claire arriving in raccoon city because i guess i haven't really synopsized this movie i don't think we should Um, because we're going so long and i haven't even said like the movie or not yet (laughs) no but i think um you know when when claire arrives in raccoon city the zombie outbreak hasn't happened and when we actually see the um first instances of zombies i was a little bit like oh god just give give me actual zombies like when we had itchy tasty and when we had kind of like them slowly breaking into chris's place and like people slowly becoming zombies it Mm. kind of i didn't overly understand like or or get like where they're going for with this until then they had to explain the whole water poisoning and, and everything else but even that like doesn't really make sense why it's affecting some and not all um you know the original resident evil kind of is a lot cleaner in that there's just an outbreak and then zombies do you know what i mean whereas this Mm. one's trying to be a little bit clever with the whole water thing and people slowly turning and the fact that they're going to the police gates and and as they go in there their hair is slowly falling out and they're slowly becoming worse and worse like it it was cool but but also just in a movie that um i'll let you give your thoughts on it in a second but in a movie that that literally um probably tries to put too much in you know it's trying to put in the content of at least two video games but also referencing about six others yeah Um, and um can't ever go hard on any of it because it's moving on to the next thing and like as a super fan i loved it because it was a greatest hits but as now looking back at it and seeing that this movie was good and this movie was enjoyable i'm like damn i wish they'd have gone slower and Mm. then gave welcome to raccoon city two and three because this was good and like my my main criticism coming out of it was that they went too fast and that i would have liked this movie to have either been four hours or or been multiple movies because 
I've waited 20 goddamn years for this and and now it was good an hour and 50 wasn't enough yeah um and and i and yeah i wish they'd have gone slower so then the fact that they're trying to bring their own kind of spin on what the g virus is and how infected infections might work like it's just it's too much like there's there's too much going on here yeah Um, and that is my only main negative coming out of it is that the fact that this movie exists and that I enjoyed it, like I just wish it had been slower and then we'd have got an announcement that we're getting more of this. And I just really hope we get more of this. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I will come back to that as well. But yeah, I think for me overall, like I say, I think this is going to divide people massively. And I think resident evil as a fan base is an extremely divided fan base anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, all I can say is I love a lot of the games and I really enjoyed this movie. I thought as we got closer to this, I got more and more worried and I wondered if it was just like the hope of wanting to like resident evil was kind of glossing me over the fact that it's another resident evil movie. You know, I didn't like the director's previous movie. Sony pictures make a lot of terrible (laughs) movies. Like, and it it started to dawn me yeah where i was kind of like oh i feel like i'm tricking myself here but i actually think this is a a really fun movie i would never say that this is an amazing movie because it has a lot going wrong for it but i was thoroughly entertained through most of it i think there's only a few moments that really tick me off as kind of the hardcore resident evil fan i think they the good moments way out outweigh those there was way more moments where i was like man it's really cool to see that on the big screen um there was actually loads of stuff as well that i thought were were really interesting adaptations of that story because we talk about that all the time and obviously the most obvious example will always be book to film that you'll see in adaptations and obviously a lot of the time we haven't read the book and on some occasions we have you know you might like things that are changed obviously dr sleep was a big example of that with like some very egregious changes towards the end that were very unnecessary whereas i think this adaptation is one of my favorite adaptations because they take a lot of what i really loved about those first two games obviously they condense it into a you know a movie under two hours which is ridiculous like it's such a ridiculous task to tell you know arguably 20 hours of video game in under two hours and it feels like that unfortunately um yeah but I still think that it was a great adaptation because they took a lot of the things I loved. Like I say, it does feel like a greatest hits. But some of the, the way they mash stuff together, like this is literally the opening scene of the movie. But like Chris and Claire at the orphanage, at the orphanage yeah. was like really interesting because when they actually got that reveal and they said their names as kids, I, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't see that coming. I was like, oh, this is Chris and Claire. Like I, I didn't know that was them. And because obviously that's not what we know about these characters. And so I was like, oh, that's a really interesting way to just speed up the story because like i say now you've got across who chris and claire are who why they're you know they're attached to raccoon city and what the orphanage is they get across birkin who is a really interesting character i really liked birkin throughout the movie um i thought he was really good again very different to the birkin that we're used to but i think he worked as a as a um a horror movie villain for me um I thought, like, the CGI was okay in the movie. Um, It wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. It's inconsistent is the biggest issue. Um, Yeah, I I think that's the thing. The levels, the the spectrum of the CG is crazy. I think the the overuse of blood for CG mm -hmm. was, was frustrating. I think Birkin towards the, the 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 you know like the monsters we've seen at the end of the trailer like didn't look yeah. great but like no. I, I popped for the liquor 
Yeah, like, yeah, the liquor um, is really good, especially in one of the close-ups. It looks great. Yeah, and, and that's what's weird. Like, this is an extremely CG-heavy movie, even to mm. the point of like when you first see the police station in the mansion. Like, you can tell that it's CG in certain cases where it's like, yeah. okay, they got like the staircase, but then everything beyond that is was clearly just green screened. <laughs> and like, that's an interesting choice. Like, it seems like it's obviously a budget choice because you didn't you didn't yeah. want to just recreate all these locations one for one. Um, on the back of that, I did really like the locations for what we saw. Like you say, they do look a bit CG, but again, this is not as bad a criticism because you're basing it off of a video game. And so I yeah. think it kind of works that it looks well, fake. And I, and I kind of think the, the overuse of CG does kind of just keep it consistent. Mm. It's not. It's not that like there's just this crazy scene of a corridor that's CG and then we go back to like normal world. Like yeah. most zombies have got some CG blood and that sort of thing. And, it, and you know, like you say, because it's this video game adaptation, it's just, it doesn't feel egregious. Like you say, it does have this weird like Star Wars prequels vibe where it all I feel like 90% of this movie was just actors running around a green screen, which is, you know, that is something that it was an error of filmmaking that now they're trying to get very far away from. We're seeing way more of a kind of grounded look and obviously like Disney with their video wall of kind of like tried to I was correct say, that. We've, we've just changed from a green screen to a video wall. <laughs> but that makes such a goddamn difference. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, talking about characters will maybe come back to them especially with spoilers um but yeah like for me i i it works as a resident evil adaptation and i thought it was a pretty damn fun standalone horror movie i think if you try not to look into it too much if you're not like the crazy hardcore fan and you just wanted a fun zombie movie i think it'll deliver that i thought the action was fun at times i think there's some pretty good laughs in there as well um yeah i i just i i'm really surprised at how much i like this there's way more to like than dislike yeah. i think it's easily the best resident evil film since the original um which i think is like massive praise considering what there's seven of them now yeah. um and so for me it's kind of like well i'm comparing it to a movie that <clears throat> it's impossible to compare to for me because of the nostalgia i have for that movie um and i will say that Obviously, this is very reactionary because I've only seen this movie once. But, like, I do think that original movie probably is a better made movie, um, even though this is obviously way closer to the video games. And that in its own right has such merit to mm. us specifically because we're like, well, this is, you know, we didn't know who... Um, is it Alice was Mila Djokovic's yeah. name in those yeah, movies? Alice, yeah, it was yeah. just like this new thing. And, and obviously there was like a couple of little moments of, 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 you know, character stuff. And, oh, it's Umbrella. Isn't that fun? But even like the little the little red girl or whatever her name was, you know, none yeah. of that stuff is red from Queen. the games. Yeah, the Red Queen. Like, mm. whereas this is like, no, it's the police station. It's Umbrella. It's William yeah. Birkin. Wow. Like all of this stuff is what core made those original games so like, special. I think that's where like... Like I said, I I like the Alice. I well, I liked the Alice story to a point, mm. and I got further into the franchise enjoying it than than you. But I I still think this this definitely sits, you know, as as the best movie since the first Resident Evil. Mm. Um, and um, I think um, and I think that's where I go back to. I wish this movie had come out when that movie did, because then yeah. we could have got six or seven movies of this. Because, like, going on from this and seeing more of this, like, I would love. Um, I do agree yeah. with that point, but I also agree with completely what you said about the worst part about this movie by far is how rushed it feels. Yeah. Because it does feel like, well, 
like i would also want a sequel but should be i feel like this should have been three movies yeah Mm. i feel like i feel like that's why i come out of this with um they've screwed themselves haven't they yeah because you can't go back now and and so much has happened and yes they have set up things that that a sequel could easily be made yeah um in particular kind of post-credit stuff that we got but it's kind of like um you've already missed the good stuff you've yeah. uh, you've already done the good stuff like the the real good stuff and you've done it so quick um but but yeah i think one of the things i wanted to mention was just um lisa trevor mm. in this movie so lisa trevor is the the girl who visits claire in the opening scene of the movie for anyone that, that isn't kind of aware of her video game character but like Lisa Trevor is this video in the video game world is a character that I loved in the, as an addition to the Resident Evil franchise when we got the remake. Um, I thought she was fantastic, and then and then yeah, her coming into the video game, uh, the sorry, the the movie world. I thought she looked incredible in this movie, like really incredible, and and was exactly what I'd want her to be. And then when we got moment like the moment of her being a badass, like it it really delivered as well um and yeah again like my only regret with her is is that we didn't get more of it yeah um because i thought she was great and and was a real real highlight for me definitely um i i do want to talk spoilers so i think you know we'll do our recommendations um for me i would definitely recommend this i think this is a real fun time i think if you come into this with really a serious glance i guess and you know you're really expecting a lot you might be disappointed i i've seen the reaction obviously this came out earlier in the states and i know that it's very negative um and for me it is i can get why this isn't loved but i think people are going a bit too far because i've seen resident evil at its lowest in both Mm. video game and film form and i've seen it at its highest and we've certainly never seen resident evil as a film remotely get close to the heights of the video games um and i said that before going into this of like that's my expectations of resident evil i've you know especially recently with with seven with two remake with village i would give them all 10 out of 10 scores and we're not i don't think we'll probably ever see a 10 out of 10 resident evil movie um but to me this is a really solid fun time it reminded me of resident evil i felt like like i was watching resident evil on the big screen um for better or worse um because resident evil isn't perfect either as a franchise there's plenty of stuff in resident evil that either hasn't aged well or just isn't great or also would never work in a movie as well um but yeah, for me camera angles where your character's <laughs> off screen for half of it you know and, yeah um yeah but for me it worked like or it worked yeah. more than it didn't work i had fun with it I came out of it with a smile on my face and I thought, man, they actually did Resident Evil very fun there. And I thought the director did a very good job. I, it was obvious that he loved the franchise. And I definitely think the biggest criticism was obviously that he shot too high and he kind of like, he got all the toys at one go and he wanted to play with them all at the same time. And then he ultimately just didn't have as good a time than if he had played with them all individually. Um, and so that's, yeah, but I, again, as a recommendation, like just as a horror movie, definitely recommend you watch this. Like this is one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, you know, it's not like crazy uh, contender, but I certainly enjoyed this, especially on the big screen. I think, yeah, I, I it, it's funny that um, you mentioned Ghostbusters earlier mm. because 
I do feel quite similar about this movie as I do Ghostbusters, where I'm like, I think this is a good movie. I think this, um, I would recommend this to a horror fan that doesn't know anything about Resident Evil because I think it is a good movie. It's a fun time. If you want to have a fun, see a fun zombie movie, <laughs> granted, there are so, so many of them, <laughs> yeah. but this is still a fun zombie movie. So I still recommend it as that. But then I think as with Ghostbusters, I think they're, I think it's a good movie that turns into something that's even more enjoyable if you are a super fan because it leans into that, it panders to the super fan. And, you know, going back to Resident Evil, this one then, you know, it doesn't just give you what you want. It also gives you new avenues for it. Like like we mentioned, you know, the fact that Chris and Claire are these kids from an orphanage village in, in Resident Evil, you know, the fact that Lisa Trevor's there with them, the fact that, um leon is a very different character you know and all of this stuff it's it's fun that we get to see these characters that we know in a slightly different twist as well but still feel super genuine and super in line with the fans and then with all of those nods and everything else like i'm really looking forward to seeing the movie again because i've um i think i caught a lot of easter eggs i'm Mm. sure there's a lot more yeah, one of the main ones for me, like, I don't think I saw a typewriter. Shit, yeah, I think you're right. I don't remember seeing one. I don't know whether there was one at the when Leon was sat at the desk asleep, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. It, it must yeah. that would have been the obvious place for one, because that was like, I was looking for that. I saw, I did see a herb in the background. Yeah. Um, and I was looking for stuff like, and obviously there's a lot of the weapons that are iconic. But like, to me, that was the one where I'm like, oh, they're obviously, especially when we got a lock, pe- a lock picking sequence in the movie. I was like, oh, well, they're clearly going to have someone for some unknown reason use a typewriter. Um, and maybe that was like a delete it seemed where they got leon to do like some paperwork with a typewriter it would have just been good um, if it had been like oh we need to leave a note for for people who've come to the police station in case there's any survivors just t- just whack out a note with leon and yeah he sits on a typewriter yeah especially because they, they do do quite some funny references with like someone mentions the internet and and like i think it's claire yeah. where she's like i mentioned it in a chat room and he's like what the hell's a chat room like i yeah. did like those little moments but um yeah i guess full we're, we're in full spoilers now mm-hmm. um so yeah, I mean, we may as well start with Wesker because we mentioned him earlier. Like, he, yeah, go on, you go first. Yeah, I was just going to say because I feel like I did disagree with you slightly. Where I, I really liked Wesker in this movie. He was actually one of my favorite parts because he's vastly different to the to the Wesker that we know, obviously, from the video games. But for me, especially again, I, I what I'm trying to do when I compare it to the video games is really segment off those first two games and try not to think about anything else in Resident Evil other than those first two games. And I think one thing this movie did really well for me, probably even maybe better than the games in some ways, is really hammer home the fact that there was this massive betrayal from Wesker, um, specifically towards Jill. And I really liked that, like, we mentioned the Jill sandwich moment, which I really liked. And I loved that whole interaction sequence in the cafe with pretty much everyone. Like that was such a good, that was actually one of the highlights of the movie. Great introduction to all those characters. Yeah, because they get across who they're all going to be, for better or for worse, where you've got Leon, who's fallen asleep. You know, you've got, like, um, Chris, who's, like, pining over Jill, but Jill's clearly got more eyes for Wesker. Um, and he's kind of like, you know, he fancies himself probably more than he does Jill. And I, I just loved all of that interaction. I thought they get they got across that it was a very tight-knit group that, even though there was these personal rivalries, they all kind of had each other's back and were all in it together. And that then 
makes that betrayal feel harsher which i always wanted i always wanted it to feel like like man wesker was the best of us you know and they took him away from us and so i really like that even though that is different he's not the kind of classic villainous wesker that you would expect i I liked it i think where i differ is that it it didn't feel like the the betrayal i think they needed the betrayal to be stronger when he when he it's random isn't it yeah when he heel turn he needed to really heel turn because Mm. they almost try to make him feel sympathetic that yeah, he was do, kind yeah. of tricked into it and and that he kind he of even gets like a redemption moment doesn't yeah. he <laughs> when you think yeah, he's dead he's, yeah when he's like oh i wouldn't have shot you girl and i'm like no no like <laughs> you needed to when you when you turned a dick you needed to turn a dick because then when jill shoots you that would have felt stronger because it, it did feel like sympathetic and and that like oh wesker was just con- you know misunderstood and made a bad choice and it's like no, I really like the fact that they built that relationship, like you said, and I, and I really, I wanted to feel like, oh, he was the best of us, and they took him away from us, and he has turned evil, and I didn't feel that because of the way that they turned him, and because he didn't, he didn't, like I say, he needed to go full heel straight away, mm. and um, it just, it just never really fully went there. But I still, I still, like I say, I didn't, I didn't hate it i i just didn't like it as much as i wanted and i think that is because as well i i am obsessed with video game wesker wesker um i'm i'm the person that's like oh don't let him be dead from the volcano like <laughs> i want i want no. him still going because because i just can't then you myself. get resident like, evil 6 that's what happens <laughs> if i know, you think that I, way. know. I know and exactly and then i realized shit no we've got to let him die but like, I didn't want to let him die because I loved him and I, I loved all versions of him. Um, yeah. You know, he 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 isn't in six, um, and 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 yeah, like I, um, yeah, and I think that's why. Like, I wanted I wanted that version of him, um, and then yeah, if not, I really wanted that heel turn to be strong. But um, one of the things I was going to say with with Wesker is we got um, the uh, map with the PDA yeah. with him, which was <laughs> fantastic that that got crowbarred in. It was yeah, great. So to see good. That. So good. And their then, commitment to those small moments are really yeah. like one of the biggest takeaways from this well, movie. And then one of my favorite scenes was throughout the whole movie in the mansion, because I think there were moments of the mansion that didn't deliver because mm. I, I feel like every room that they were in, in the mansion should be recognizable to me. Yeah. Uh, because I know that mansion probably better than I've known houses that I've lived in. Um, and there were certainly places in that mansion that weren't in the video game. They were just, you know, scenes in a, you know, in a mansion. And I am disappointed by that because I think, you know, when you've got something that iconic, you should lean into it. But when Wesker sat down and played the piano Mm. and, and opened the secret door, like, I, I love that so much, like, because there were so many scenes when we got the um, uh, uh, moose head statue or, or uh, is it reindeer or whatever, the animal head statue yeah. with the eyes. And then you saw the gems later on. And I'm like, oh, someone needs to put some gems in that 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 uh, that statue's eyes and then uh, we, we can get a magnum. Like, and there were just little moments like that where we got uh, one of the other statues and like in the police station, we got the... Um, 
the statue in the background of the, mm. the kind of um, uh, statue with the scales of justice type thing. And kind yeah. of, you know, we got that Lisa Trevor gave the keys to Claire, which was cool that we got to see the keys and all of that stuff. But like actual puzzle solving was something that I really wanted this movie to deliver. But mm. I was also like, how the fuck does the movie deliver puzzle solving? <laughs> yeah. And they did like with Wesker with that PDA and him sitting down and being like, the pit that you know the, the little PDA saying play these keys and then he sits there and starts playing music and then the fact that it was I don't know the name of it but it is straight it from the, the yeah, game as well it like it's awesome game. like yeah it, it's it's those things which I will look back on and just be like thank you for giving me that level of fan service because you've given me like I say you've given me what I've wanted for nearly twenty years. For me as well, the mansion, like, I love that they built towards it. And the fact that you get, like, 20, 30 minutes into the movie before you get there. And honestly, like, when they were in the helicopter and it was, like, blacked out, yeah. you had the helicopter lights and they landed. And I, honestly, I was getting – that was the one moment where I got chills in the movie where I was like, oh, my God, they're building towards it. And I was so excited. And then when we first saw, like, the exterior, I loved it. And then they do, like – I love the way it was shot in terms of the camera above them kind of tilts yeah. up to the staircase. And it was was really cool but then the more it lingered on it the more it looked fake um you know with clearly like a green screen backdrop and i was like and they left it so quickly because clearly that room doesn't exist in the real world exactly and and then i agree with you once they got to random uh, rooms they they weren't instantly recognizable to me which was disappointing and and i think the, the police station was again the first look at it which again looked very cg was great but they they nailed the one like the stars office room which was one of the probably actual real locations along with the cafe Mm -hmm. in the entire movie like because that is such a seminal part of the games and every time you go in there you're going in there goddamn times and but you go there post all the shit hitting the fan and so Mm -hmm. you never see it as like a real worked in environment with all the stars crew just hanging out and that's again something that i really love just seeing wesker like pre-heel turn yeah. just chilling with the rest of the guys I and loved, lines in I there loved, uh, leon getting kicked out as well yeah i know that felt very meta didn't it of like yeah. you're not supposed to be here leon like so i love that but then like yeah. say, i say you know as a hardcore fan i want to see them go up all the staircases in the police station i want to see all the different rooms and like obviously they haven't built that so like you know you are just going to get these random cutaways of, of like hot corridors that just don't feel the same and that's definitely how the mansion felt and yeah, the the mansion was one as well where I felt my I had to stop myself being a dickhead um, more <laughs> yeah. than anything because because the first zombie, yeah, um, I liked it. I think it looked good and I enjoyed it when we got the reveal. Mm. But I was I genuinely and I don't know whether you felt this way or I'm just a psycho. But like when Leon goes up the stairs and he's gone upstairs and then heads left and, yeah. and sees the zombie up there. I'm like, that's not where the fucking zombie is guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm not being funny, but that is, that is pre- like, I know that I know I have a problem, but I'm like, it's, it's pretty clear where that zombie is. And I've done it so many times. You need to, you need to just head left, go through the dining room and go see the zombie guys. Like you can, you can have your, your new journey beyond that, but please, let me see the first zombie that way. <laughs> well, and that's what's weird about this whole movie, I guess, is that it is the staunch commitment to the most yeah. minute details. And then the next sequence looks... N- 
maybe one man is just not enough where it's like he's trying his hardest like clearly he loves resident evil i get yeah, that sure, i know that sure. from what he said but it's like he can't do everything there's and no way you could deliver on this level of fan service as well without loving the franchise no and you it's know, almost like he must talking... have so many meetings trying to explain Ooh. certain like um things he wanted to be in the movie and their answer was probably like but that doesn't make sense and he'd be like but that's yeah. how it is in the game like it yeah, needs why, to be the same we got such a greasy burger he's like look guys <laughs> yeah super power pros are going to pop for this <laughs> yeah i i do say i think as well with the finale like the finale was a little bit of a letdown um mm-hmm. because to me resident evil one of the biggest staples across all of the games uh the all of the yeah, great games well it is just like an epic finale yeah. there it mm-hmm. that is when the last 10 percent of every resident evil game is when they go right we're just going to turn this dial up to 10 we're going to run this car into the ground until it explodes and have a great time doing it and that is consistent with every great resident evil game regardless of how different it's... they all are and so i really wanted the finale to be mental and the fact that it was just like don't get me wrong i fucking popped hard yeah, with the rocket say... launcher i was like this movie yeah. needs to have a rocket launcher the fact that it did defeat the final boss was epic and was exactly what was needed i'm glad leon was the one that did it as well but the fact that that was it i was fully expecting like and here's nemesis here's a t90 breaking through the wall do you know what i mean i was really expecting like well, one other thing to happen it's and it just didn't disappointing that we don't get a t90 going into that um you know yeah we don't really get much no. when you think about it we get yeah, one we liquor get dogs. we get one dog yeah is it one dog they, or multiple um it might just be the one i feel like it's the because obviously it's, a, it's the yeah, truck driver's dog that we see initially. Because then when, yeah, when he when Iron, Irons gets attacked, it's probably the same dog, right? Yeah, because like, what is it? Yeah. Claire like bashes but it like, in, doesn't she? Um, so we get trolled with hunters because they get referenced. Yeah, and like I would have yeah. lost in a hunter, um, especially in the mansion. We, like, especially we get sharks. Yeah, referenced. we get sharks <laughs> and. Um, uh, snake, alligators. Uh, alligator. uh, uh, did we get the yeah. snake reference as well? Oh, I couldn't remember. Yeah, maybe it was the snake giant. Snake. Uh, it was the brilliant yeah. Jill line where she was like, "Would you rather get eaten by a snake or, yeah. a, or a shark?" Yeah, which, which is great. Is goddamn fantastic. But then one of the rooms that does get cre- recreated is the library where the snake is, yeah. and then like there's no snake. But I think as well. Um, but the the finale is interesting because I agree with you that it needed to be bigger. But then the actual finale of Leon firing that rocket launcher was ex- was 100% what it needed to be. It was incredible. But what yeah. I needed was a boss battle before that. Because Burton mm. basically gets infected, then becomes the, the, the final heavy mutated Birkin. And we really mm. needed that middle ground Birkin and having a bit of a battle um yeah i think it was even dorsum as well when, yeah. when he was walking around like talking with like the massive infected learner you know classic mm. look with the arm and the big eye that was awesome yeah and, then and yeah you needed more of along that and took him out instantly you know? yeah and then as soon as you see just like giant what the fuck cg birkin i feel like they almost lose you at that point where it's yeah. like yeah this is probably the worst looking creature of the movie yeah um, it is. and he gets killed very easily as well so um yeah we also mentioned about going forward i just found it interesting because like you know we'd said that they'd burned for a lot and we were kind of speculating once we'd seen it of like where would you go with a sequel and i i would love for them to combine almost like three four maybe even five where it's like you know we said basically four would be like the best premise 
because yeah. it'd be years later it would be leon as like a special agent he's like aide to the united you know the president of the united states he's like epic leon at this point and you know taking it to like that european village setting would be dramatically different it would also i mean it's perfect for a horror film like it's mm-hmm. resident evil 4 is literally inspired by horror films so it's just going full circle to make a horror movie about it and then you would have to kind of incorporate obviously jill into that but you could have her as like a side adventure and that's how you could bring in like um nemesis and stuff well, like it'd be interesting to kind of merge into, them all into five more that jill's kind yeah. of involved like jill and chris are involved yeah. with wesker how they are in in five and then leon is kind of adjacent to them because he is kind of adjacent to them in this movie yeah and um, his could just be a much more short story i guess and, of like and, you're going in there to save this person i mean he, he could literally be going in there to, sh- to save sherry birkin and just yeah. change that as well like exactly you know because that's what we thought resident evil 4 was going to be um and you know that can then give us the ada stuff and then obviously yeah then it would make sense that that nemesis is outside of raccoon city and it's just been designed to hunt down the the remaining stars members outside of raccoon city because obviously this movie ends with raccoon city being totaled so it's kind of like we missed the boat of nemesis so they have but like you have to bring him in um yeah for sure it'd be it would be interesting though like i'm curious i mean listen i don't think there's going to be another one like no, I, I think that with the reception being middling at best with it being like released with a shitty release date with almost no market in um in classic stone sony style um where they just go one way or the other with their movies like it's i don't think this is going to be and i, I wonder what's going to be the case because then it'll be a case of we'll, we'll go four years on and then it'll be up to another director with another different vision and i guess my biggest disappointment is that like going into this i didn't really rate this director but i definitely do after this movie mm. i think he did probably the best he could obviously there are a lot of choices that we disagree with and ultimately it is very rushed but like he definitely got more right than wrong and i almost wonder if maybe he had more time maybe if someone had limited you because we don't know if maybe if he was forced to adapt the first two games and that was a problem and maybe he was like no it needs to just be about the spencer mansion that's enough for the movie and they were like no you need to have leon and the police station in there and you know who knows whose choices they are it's very difficult to obviously discern that but yeah it's this is a fascinating movie like i want as a film discussion i wonder what this will be like for people because this is so niche for resident evil um it was it was always going to be the case for us to talk about for 100 hours (laughs) not not for everyone yeah and i'm like i i'm worried but i'm like did we talk about the film enough <laughs> yeah i think we did but that's not what we're here to do this week <laughs> no i think we did because like i say i i really i really i did enjoy this movie and and yeah as a hardcore resident evil fan i'm not like uh the resident evil fan that's like oh my god you know because you could you could put this movie on see chris and claire at the orphanage and yeah. turn it off in disgust yeah. in disgust immediately and be like how dare they change this sacred or, or just, backstory even, even just like casting choices for for jill and leon and stuff yeah. you know but it's just like yeah i i don't feel that way no it's stupid i honest for my opinion it's stupid to feel that way mm. because yeah it, you can see so many different great versions and obviously time has proven this again and again where i'm not saying this is the same level but you just look the internet is there you can look at the reactions for when like heath ledger was cast as joker and you can just see how unbelievably stupid people look and so you can't have these certain quibbles about my leon needs to look this certain way it's like no if he's a great character it doesn't matter and again i'm not saying that they nailed all these characters because they certainly didn't but i enjoyed more of what i 
didn't like i mean characters like chief irons was like fantastic and he's like to me he's a bit of a nothing character in resident evil like i really don't have many strong thoughts about chief irons as a video game character but i actually thought he was very fun uh i like that we got like another criticism as well is like to me it didn't feel like an entire city evacuating it feels like two isolated incidents which is the mansion and the police station and then those are obviously tied together because we really don't have almost any scenes just taking place in raccoon city outside of these two locations it's like we get a bit of claire obviously going to chris's place um and then we see like the truck driver crash but like you know you should be about it should be being on the ground floor about swerving zombies between you know cars that are on fire and and, like obviously that requires a much bigger budget but like we just didn't see any of that and so i did like that at least with the chief iron stuff they at least tried to get across that like oh no there is actually i know they said it was a ghost town and most people left but like there's still plenty of people that are trying to evacuate evacuate this place before it gets nuked and like and obviously Mm. they don't even know that so i did like that they at least tried to get that in there even if it was a little bit undercooked like it didn't feel like the whole place was evacuating was it like it just felt like here's these two locations and it's all going to shit basically um but yeah this is a a fascinating movie for sure like you say i i really enjoyed it um way more than i was expecting which is good um but yeah that was our discussion on resident evil welcome to raccoon city uh, we'll take a short break and we will be right back So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, as we have discussed a lot of Resident Evil this week, uh, we are going to save Chucky for next week. Um, oh, because yeah. we've seen the finale, obviously. Um, we haven't even talked about episode 7 yet. So we need to talk about the last two episodes in depth, spoilers, and also give our thoughts on the overall series. Um, mm-hmm. So that is going to be an extended discussion. So we'll save that for next week. Um, obviously, I mentioned before, but next week's show is a little special one, a little bit of a chilled out episode next week going into the big one. You know, we want to talk about some Wes Craven. We've been saving this one for a rainy day. <laughs> It is the one movie that will break the list um, for me in an amazing way, for everyone else probably in a terrible way. Um, oh, me. New, new number one incoming. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about this is every time I've... I mean, I'm now looking at the gorgeous Arrow Blu-ray and mm-hmm. I haven't even thought about trying to rank this movie no. um, because it is so special to us and obviously we'll get into that next week. But yeah, The Hills of Eyes Part 2 um is next up on the ranking of wes craven if you're not a long-term only, listener you will know a deep dive into wes craven but a deep dive into the the mindset of the super horror bros i think is what next week is going to be a hundred percent we've hinted at it and we will again like ge- i genuinely think this podcast wouldn't exist without this movie um Correct. why we we've told the story before but we will get into it again next week so yeah that'll be awesome we'll talk all about chucky which will be a great time and then yeah that will be uh the last show before the big one so of course uh last call as well send in your favorite movies of the year there's been so many good ones um and there that celebration will be coming and yeah that'll be it for us for the year 
um, even though we'll be very busy over the uh, the Christmas period watching movies because we have a couple of little little ones at the cinema to watch. Yeah, um, no horror movie. Well, yeah, and ap- apparently Titan is out at some point as well. <laughs> yeah, so because I really want to see Titan, so who knows? Maybe that'll be the first one of 2022. But that is very far ahead. Um, but for now, that was episode 276 where we talked about the brand new Resident Evil. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Through my veins and